Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. The 43rd Tuesday of the year, a week away from Halloween. And some people have just gone way overboard on the Halloween decorations in my neighborhood. It's like people are decorating more for Halloween now than they do for Christmas. We are eight days away from November and 68 days away from 2024, if you can believe that. 68 days left in the year. Today is United Nations Day, celebrating the 1945 foundational treaty that essentially created the intergovernmental organization with the original intent of replacing the League of Nations, United Nations Day. Today is also National Food Day, designed to get families to pay more attention to what they're eating and make improvements in the quality of food that you and your family are eating. Food, water, and other much-needed supplies are finally getting to Palestinians in Gaza who have become victims of Israel's war on Hamas, many of whom are innocent children. A war, don't forget, that Hamas ignited and brought to Gaza and intentionally involve those innocent people. Meanwhile, as the airstrikes continue there, two more hostages have been freed by the terrorist group. That is the biggest news of the day, the best news of the day. Both elderly women kidnapped with their husbands who are still being held. The 85-year-old and 79-year-old Israeli women were escorted out of Gaza by the Red Cross last night, taken directly to a hospital in Tel Aviv where doctors say both of the women are in good condition. The daughter of one of the women spoke with reporters. My mom and my dad were separated at the very beginning. And so we do not know from my mom's story what happened to my dad. Can you imagine how frightening that has to be, especially at that age? And she did say that the hostages, at least her group of hostages, were all safe. We are heartened to hear that they're well looked after. We do not know that that is everyone because there's many that we, my mom did not meet. So this makes four hostages that have been released so far, at least at the time of this recording. There were reports earlier in the day yesterday that as many as 50 hostages could possibly be released. Hamas is still holding more than 200 Israelis and 14 Americans. There was a lot of coverage not only on Newsmax, but several media outlets yesterday of the exchange between Newsmax Jerusalem correspondent Daniel Cohen and South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham as that group of senators, both Republican and Democrats, visited Israel, which I talked about in yesterday's Newsmax Daily. Here it is. I want to say thank you for being here. My family lives here. I made Aliyah two years ago. So this is personal. I know many people were sent from the United States and there's international press uh, from around the world. And I heard every single one of you voicing your support for Israel fervently, stridently. And and I heard that and I received that into my heart. And so on behalf of my family and and people, I'm, I'm an American and an Israeli citizen, I say thank you. 
But it starts at home. And, and I'd like to ask any Democrat senator here that would like to speak to Rashida Tlaib. She still has a tweet up condemning Israel for a hospital attack. We are here together not to talk about the problems at home, which are many. It's a fair I've question, I've got my senator. own view of what to say. You're Look, not going to screw this up. I'm not trying to screw it Get up. Get this guy out of here. Now, let I me live tell here. You, I'm an Israeli. I want an answer to the question, please. I'm an American. And I am, too. And I believe in free speech. I don't believe what the squad has to say Thank at you. all. But I came here with Democrats and Republicans to let everybody in the world know, don't judge every Democrat by the squad, and don't judge every Republican by some of the things you hear. And I'm sorry, my friend, I probably shouldn't have said it, but my nerves are raw right now. Exactly. Exactly, Senator Graham. Your nerves are raw, and you just flew in yesterday. Everybody who's been here uh, worried about wife, kids, family, extended family, people who are about to pull off at a, or an offensive in Gaza, everyone's nerves are raw. I wasn't trying to screw anything up. You heard the heart of my question. I wasn't trying to throw a grenade and make it about me. I just... It's a legitimate question. People here want to know that the United States, the fierce, the strongest fighting force and military in the world, has the only democratic ally in the Middle East, hemmed in, surrounded by Hezbollah, Lebanon, Gaza, terrorists, Iran, who want to kill it and destroy it and have said so publicly, will you have our back? That's it. That's all that question. And, and the fact that nobody could stand up and nobody could stand up and say it's sick and wrong to decapitate babies and we condemn it. How hard is that? That was a softball. Susan Collins, senator from Maine, came up to me immediately after and apologized for Senator Graham and said this to me. It's very hard for me to understand why a member of Congress or anyone would not condemn what Hamas has done, um, whether it's kidnapping little children or grandmothers or shooting down students who are engaged in a dance rally or going door to door and randomly killing people, those should not be hard acts to condemn. Those are inhumane. There aren't words to describe the things that 200 or so international and local journalists saw here on this army base today. I hope you never see it. I hope Israel never releases it. I hope they don't have to. But they, I feel like Israel is losing the information war. The fact that they had to bring 200 journalists to say, look, we're showing you their own footage and people still don't believe it. That's Newsmax correspondent Daniel Cohen live on yesterday's edition of Newsline with Bianca de la Garza. And the video that he's referencing is video taken by Hamas of them executing people. More from Newsmax reporter John Huddy in Gaza. Earlier today, myself, uh, Daniel Cohen, other members of the media were uh, invited to a military base outside Tel Aviv to see what was titled the Hamas massacre raw footage. And what it was, Bianca, was 43 minutes of raw footage from Hamas terrorist body cams, CCTV, so surveillance video from inside some of those communities like Miraz, Be'eri, where we went last week, uh, seeing the aftermath. Well, this, we saw the actual attacks by Hamas terrorists on civilians, dash cam video from the vehicles, uh, and also some of the victims and survivors' cell phone video just a snippet, just a glimpse of the several hours at this point of 
video of footage that the IDF has uh, has captured and has rounded up showing these horrific terror attacks. And they are absolutely horrific. I'm not getting into too much graphic detail, but in one of the more disturbing moments, you see a father carrying his two young children into a bomb shelter as the attack happened early in the morning in one of the communities. He goes into the shelter and Hamas terrorist throws a grenade in there, killing the father as the two young sons, badly injured, bloody, are calling Abba, Abba, Daddy, Daddy. Um, there are other scenes of mutilated bodies, burned bodies, beheaded soldiers, uh, burned babies. The list goes on, and I apologize. I know it's incredibly graphic, but people should understand this. And that is why the IDF said that it spent several days determining and weighing whether or not to release the footage and show the media the footage. We weren't allowed to take cell phones in. The IDF released a, a portion to the public for broadcast, but we, we sat in silence, uh, about 200 of us, maybe a little bit less. At some points, people were, were crying. People had to get up and leave. Others were, were covering their face. Um, some of the scenes were unbearable to watch. IDF spokesperson Daniel Hagari said that in releasing the footage to the media, he said that, quote, uh, we want the world to see. We want. We will not let the world forget why we are fighting. That's Newsmax reporter John Huddy, who's been doing incredible work from Gaza City, where he has come under fire several times, a couple of times live on TV. You may have seen that. But Godspeed to John Huddy, Daniel Cohen, and all the rest of the journalists there. Meanwhile, in Tehran, Iran's foreign minister is accusing the U.S. of intensifying and expanding the war in Gaza through its support of Israel. For more on the U.S., President Biden specifically, here's Newsmax host Lydia Serrani. In this time of strife all over the world and in the country, strong leadership is needed now more than ever. Yet this was President Biden today. I want to thank Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Todd Young, Representative, uh, uh, Joe, excuse me, Representative Joe Morelli, and Susan Ward, Washington, Susan Wild, for their work to make this happen. Always confused. And now as Biden becomes weaker by the day, the war in the Middle East, it rages on. A ground invasion into Gaza is now imminent. And as hope, though, remains strong that those kidnapped will be saved. Today, Hamas released two elderly Israeli women that were being held hostage. Reportedly, the Red Cross is also efforting the rescue of about 50 people who were also kidnapped by Hamas. And all of them have dual citizenship. Meantime, according to several U.S. officials, the Biden administration has advised Israel to delay a ground invasion of Gaza to buy time for hostage negotiations and allow for more humanitarian aid to reach Palestinian civilians. But how will Biden prevent Hamas, who controls the region, their terrorists, from getting their hands on the $100 million in aid? And how do Democrats not see that all of this would happen? You see, all of this chaos, all of this carnage is a direct result of Joe Biden's failed policies. We said this would happen, but Democrats were, were more concerned about mean tweets. In order to be a terrorist, think about it. You, you need, of course, monstrous maniacs. OK, check. But they're, they're willing to die for their ideology, check. But you also need equipment, weapons, supplies, training. And all of that costs money, lots of it. And the person who enabled Hamas to get their hands on a lot of money, all that money necessary, is none other than Joe Biden, thanks to his war on fossil fuels. 
That's Newsmax host Lydia Serrani in last night's edition of Greg Kelly Reports. And let's take a closer look at Biden's oil policy. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Number one. It's clearly the one campaign promise that he's intent on keeping. You see, oil, it's a commodity. It's money. Yet on Biden's first day in office, he canceled vital infrastructure projects like the Keystone oil pipeline. He also issued stricter guidelines on fossil fuel production in an effort to strangle the oil industry out of existence. And even though we need oil for everything from transportation to heating, and we're also seeing the devastating effects of his green new hoax on the American economy with the cost of everything going up from gas to groceries, Biden's team just announced that over the next five years, years, potential oil and gas lease sales on federal territory will be now the fewest in history with just three. Yes, three. So as our oil output dwindles, who is filling the gap? Iran. Yep, Iran. Couple that with the fact that the Biden administration refuses to enforce oil sanctions against Iran. All of that equals to a lot of mullah for the mullahs. Just how much? 70 billion billion dollars a year, according to a Daily Signal report. Now, when President Trump was in office, Iran was making about six billion a year on oil sales because back then we were energy independent and Trump's administration actually enforced sanctions on Iran. But now Iran is now is selling above two million barrels a day. When Trump was in office, it was about 200,000 a day. Big difference huge. That's a whole lot of money for Iran to do whatever it wants. Adding to all of this, Biden also just lifted oil sanctions on Venezuela, which coincidentally is an ally of Iran. So yes, we need House Republicans to come together and elect a speaker because most importantly, we need them to stop or at least slow down the damage Joe Biden is doing to America and the world. It is not really that difficult to understand. But as I said yesterday, there are so many still blinded by the smoke and mirrors of Washington and by this administration. You know, the one that promised to be the most transparent in history. Thank you, Lydia Serrani. And she gave us a lot to unpack there. First, former President Donald Trump filed for the New Hampshire presidential primary yesterday. It was carried live on Newsmax. But we're only 46 points up, so we have to be careful. Absolutely. 46 points. So uh, do I sign this here? I'll sign it right here. Looks like the check is already signed. Looks like it's pretty well signed. Only the sign on the bottom here. Okay. And this one's all set. Now let's take a look at the Declaration of Kansas here. I just need you to sign right there. Okay, very good. That's a big okay. move. That's official. How about here? Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, that's your delegate list. You can if you want. Yeah, right, well. We have great delegates, Steve, right? Absolutely. Now, if you could hold that up for everybody to see. Which one? Okay. This one. I'll do that.
Thank you. I feel great. I feel really good. So there he is in a light blue suit and blue tie, a rare change up from the red tie and dark blue suit, holding up the paperwork with his big signature from the big thick marker that he likes to use. And he was asked about the House Speaker's race. We have your voters, Will, and they are concerned when they look at what they see in, in, in the House, in the Hill, in the chaos. Yeah. What is your message to Well, I think it's going to get solved, and when it does, it'll be a beautiful thing, and uh, it'll teach a lot of people about democracy. You know, that happened once before. It's very tough with the four votes, you know, with a four-vote spread, but uh, something's going to happen. It'll be positive. It'll end up working well. Uh, I'm staying above it. I have to right now. But I've uh, spoken to just about all the candidates, there are quite a few of them, and they're terrific people. You know, that four threshold is very tough. It's a very tough thing, no matter who it is. Uh, I said there's only one person that can do it all the way. You know who that is? Jesus Christ. If Jesus came down and said, I want to be speaker, he would do it. Other than that, I haven't seen, I haven't seen anybody that can guarantee it. But at some point, I think we're going uh, to have somebody pretty soon. Former president and 2024 Republican frontrunner by a lot, as he would say, speaking with reporters in New Hampshire yesterday. Meanwhile, Republicans met behind closed doors last night. They're meeting again today in an attempt to come up with a speaker nominee. Okay, this would just be for the nominee. Then they have to get the vote to the floor. And then it could be, you know, 14, 15 votes like Kevin McCarthy. Who knows? Florida Congressman Byron Donalds, who I have referred to before in this podcast as a rising star in the Republican Party, is one of the eight candidates to be House Speaker. I spent 20 years in the business community. Um, I actually was a member of our state legislature. I've chaired committees. I know the legislative process. I've worked with our colleagues up here to get a lot of policies done. Florida Congressman Byron Donalds making his case. He's also a member of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, which, of course, is investigating the Bidens. And he's a, a committee member of the Financial Services Committee. Meanwhile, the turmoil, if you want to call it that, in the House at the federal case against Democratic Senator Robert Menendez of New Jersey, who's facing bribery charges, are all contributing factors to America's decline in trust of Congress. About half of adults, 53%, say they have hardly any confidence at all. That's a quote. Hardly any confidence at all in the people running Congress. That according to a new poll from the Associated Press, NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. That's up from 49% who said the same thing back in March. Only 3% of the people polled said they have a great deal of confidence in Congress. And 3% may be an all-time low, I don't know, but I would still want to know who those 3% of people are that say they have a lot of of confidence and trust in Congress. All right, let's go back to uh, the Donald Trump presser in New Hampshire for a moment because he was also asked for some reason about his challengers, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. I think uh, DeSantis is really going down, it looks like. he's. I just looked at a poll that came out, and he was in third place. And uh, he's another one where... As I call him, Ron DeSanctimonious, he was in fifth place. So bad things are happening, but we keep going up. And I looked at one where it's 64, and the second person is at eight. So uh, between uh, him and a few others, I guess a few others, but New Hampshire seems to be a little bit different in that regard. But uh, he's uh, looking like he's going to be in third place, maybe even fourth place. 
DeSantis seems to be using the Israeli war now as an opportunity, sort of an opportunity to reset or shift his campaign a bit, right? After signing an executive order to bring Americans back from Israel last week, yesterday, the Florida governor told Eric Bowling that he would revoke student visas of Hamas sympathizers if he were elected to the White House. Some of them were cheering what happened to the Israelis on that attack. You suggested pulling these student visas for those who are cheering it right here in the United States. I was asked, Kirby was asked about it in the briefing room today. He said, we're not going to comment on everything a Republican says. Um, and there are others that push back on that idea. Your, 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 your thoughts on that, sir? So, Eric, you do not have a right. A foreigner does not have a right to be here. They're here at the grace of the American people. If they're on a student visa, that is absolutely revocable uh, based on government policy. And so what I would say is if you're a foreign national on a student visa, if you're out demonstrating in favor of Hamas and terrorist attacks against uh, innocent people in Israel, uh, I would yank the visa. I would send you home. We only have so many spots at these universities as it is. Uh, I think that, that we need to do more American students to begin with. Uh, nevertheless, we have every right to do it. And if you look at what's happened in Europe, you know, they've imported a lot of people and now it's really changed the underlying dynamics of those societies. You have massive pro-Hamas demonstrations, massive anti-Semitism all over. I don't want that here in the United States. So yes, we will be very forceful. We'll send people back uh, because we just need to nip this in the butt. I, I've seen a lot of stuff people take to the streets, things I disagree. That's fine. But to support openly a terrorist organization well, like that, I well, think that's man, a new low for a lot let, of these let, universities. Let's, let's take it very quickly to the next level. Uh, uh, Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, AOC have also supported these same people. What should be done with them? Well, look, I think Congress has talked about uh, uh, disciplining uh, them when they just go so overboard on some of that. But I also think it's a lot easier analysis with like a student visa for a foreigner because they clearly don't necessarily have a right to be here. You know, those those members of Congress are, are U.S. citizens. And so it takes on, I think, a different analysis. And you're probably more limited in what you can do. But I will say this. The fact that the Democratic Party is generating leaders like Tlaib and Omar and, and AOC, you know, that shows you uh, where this country is headed if they're able to continue to expand their power. Uh, it's a very radical, very hostile to core American values. And yes, there is a lot of anti-Jewish and anti-Israel sentiment on the left wing of the Democratic Party. Florida governor and GOP presidential candidate Ron DeSantis on the balance with Eric Bowling last night. His comments again beg the question, if you're Jewish, how do you vote for Democrats? And as Donald Trump has said before, if you're a Christian and are opposed to abortion, how do you vote for Joe Biden? At the White House today, President Biden and the First Lady welcomed Prime Minister Anthony Albanese of Australia. Republicans in the House are again meeting behind closed doors for the speakership on Capitol Hill. Outside of politics, the Texas Rangers are headed to the World Series after blowing out Houston 11-4 in last night's Game 7 of the ALCS. Tonight, the Philadelphia Phillies 
who appeared to have the uh, series pretty well in hand, and the Arizona Diamondbacks will play a Game 7 in the NLCS. The first Game 7, by the way, for Philadelphia in its 141-year history. Its first Game 7. That's kind of amazing. All right, keep up with all of this crazy news cycle on Newsmax, which is available on most major cable systems, including Comcast, Xfinity, Fios, Spectrum, AT&T, and many others, and it's available on streaming platforms like Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, Pluto, and more. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you, as always, for listening to Newsmax Daily. Hope you enjoy it, share it with your friends and family, and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.